president and CEO came to me and said, I have a, uh, a manager of a department. They've got about eight direct reports and we promoted them to that position because they were highly skilled, but they just don't seem to know how to motivate or communicate with their team. And we want to invest in this person because, you know, we see them as a high potential, high performer. And when we did a, what we call a chemistry meeting with that manager, the manager at first was somewhat, um, had some trepidation about receiving the coaching support because they were taking it that they were, it was like remedial, you know, like I'm broken or I have these deficiencies. So we were able to communicate in addition to the president and the CEO to this manager that, no, this is an investment. Um, you know, you are highly valued and we are here to support you and even being better in your position. So, you know, it wasn't pushback per se, it was just helping that manager see that they were um, being seen as highly valued and that this was an investment and a way that the organization was willing to put money and time to their development. This week on the podcast, we have Michelle Brown. She is the president of Into Action Coaching, um, and she helps us understand a little bit about how we can be better coaches um, for our team and how we can accept the coaching habits and start developing those into our everyday work life. Take a listen here. Hi, Michelle. Welcome to the podcast. Um, we are so excited to have you here. Um, would you like to give a brief bio of yourself and how you got into coaching and all that? Sure, Kristen. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the invitation and the uh, ability to talk to you and your audience. So yes, I have been a certified executive coach uh, since 2005. Um, I started into action coaching then um, the impetus for it, having spent 25 years in corporate myself, not really at all in the talent management space or HR, but being a seasoned and senior level executives, what I was uncovering is that too few companies, unfortunately, recognize that their greatest assets were their people. So when I was looking to determine what might be next in my career, um, I really became very passionate about coaching and started the practice then. So Into Action Coaching is primarily a executive coaching and talent management agency in the sense that we partner with uh, small to medium-sized businesses and some enterprise, some Fortune 100, and certainly uh, some entrepreneurial or very small businesses. But our intention is to really support our clients in ensuring that I'm going to say that they have the right people on the bus. Um, so we will partner with a client to even help them uh, select the right employees through a battery of assessments. We will also be partnered with them to do onboarding if they're a new associate or potentially a new individual in a, uh, a position. Uh, but it's really all about skill building and behavioral. It's really about leadership and any type of quote unquote soft skills that a leader or manager of others uh, would need in order for the business objectives to be, um, to be uh, realized. 
Very interesting. So you talk about that skill-based and behavior-based. What, what are they dealing with at that moment that they are in crisis mode and need you to just come in and kind of change their world and make it into a, a better, more sound place? Yeah, I would say the theme um, is usually that a lot of managers are promoted to a position because of their technical or functional expertise. So whether it's in finance or marketing or sales, you know, they go from being an individual contributor to a manager of others because of their technical um, uh, expertise. But the skill set required in leading others is how do I begin to lead leaders? So we are then brought on board because a lot of managers um, may not necessarily have those inherent people skills. It's getting things done through people and no longer <laughs> thinking of themselves, <clears throat> excuse me, primarily as um, the ones responsible for executing. It's how do I communicate and motivate and inspire the people on my team um, to do their job that again is aligned with the business objectives. So that's usually when an organization will hire us and our coaches because it's to help them uh, recognize that it's a completely different set of skills when you have to get things done through people. Um, and again, you know, it, some managers have that inherent ability uh, and some don't. So when they need to kind of round out that manager uh, so that they recognize it's really about tapping in and supporting their people and not doing the task themselves. Yeah, that's very interesting. Do you get like a lot of pushback off the start for people like, I'm doing fine, I, I don't need this help versus then them kind of seeing the light and saying, oh, I like really need this. Like I am not striving, I am just, kind of hitting the wall running all the time? <clears throat> well, it's interesting. I, I would say, no, we don't get pushback. The reason being is whether it's because of our own sales efforts to um, sort of communicate with the head of HR or, or CEO, CEO or the head of a department, the companies that are progressive enough that already recognize that that is a deficiency, we are coming in to provide that solution. Right, you know, as the principle of interaction coaching and with whatever sort of, you know, business development or sales development, we aren't selling anything. We don't want to try to convince someone of something that they need. We are listening for a problem or a pain point that they have around how can we really provide tools for our managers and how can we make an investment because this is how we want to cultivate them this is how we want to increase our retention. Um, so they're really, we're meeting them where their needs are. Mm -hmm. So it's in very, very rare instances. It wouldn't even be pushback because we wouldn't be hired by them if they don't see it as a need that they need a solution for. Um, but I will say that, again, in some instances, there may be, I'll give you an example. We've had a client many years ago um, again, it was a, uh, a relatively small organization that had about 100 employees and the uh, president and CEO came to me and said, I have a, uh, a manager of a department, they've got about eight direct reports, and 
We promoted them to that position because they were highly skilled, but they just don't seem to know how to motivate or communicate with their team. And we want to invest in this person because, you know, we see them as a high potential, high performer. And when we did a, what we call a chemistry meeting with that manager, the manager at first was somewhat, um, had some trepidation about receiving the coaching support because they were taking it that they were, it was like remedial, you know, like I'm broken or I have these defic deficiencies. So we were able to communicate in addition to the president and the CEO to this manager that no, this is an investment. Um, you know, you are highly valued and we are here to support you and even being better in your position. So, you know, it wasn't pushback per se, it was just helping that manager see that they were um, being seen as highly valued and that this was an investment and a way that the organization was willing to put money and time to their development. And when they were able to see it through their lens, that there was nothing broken, this was not remedial, this was not part of their PIP, their performance improvement plan, this was something that the organization, you know, felt would be highly valuable. The individual was then open and receptive and completely embraced the support. And, you know, it turned out to be an incredible engagement, not only um, for the coach who was assigned to them, but also with the progress um, that the manager was able to make. Yeah, wow, that's that's really cool. I feel like oftentimes people are very pushed back when it's they're wrong, but when you find out they're right and we're just trying to help you, it absolutely it, it yeah. really changes their mindset. And mindset is everything with that coaching practice too. Um, what kind of habits then do you habits or tactics that you kind of instill into people that either changes their mindset about their people or um, helps them start to flourish? Sure. Well, you know, with the coaching training that I have, as well as a number of the, the coaches that work uh, with me, um, the tools or techniques are, are plentiful. One of them in particular is when you're looking to get things done through people, it's what we call the WIIFM, right? So we think about it like a radio station. What's in it for me? So mm -hmm. As a effective leader, getting things done through people, it's important that we help them understand that it, it, they have to uncover what it is that motivates their people. Um, you know, they may have a, a function, they may be in marketing or the advertising department or the finance department. Well, you know, it's understanding you can't just tell someone what to do or delegate a task to them. I mean, certainly, you know, they have certain job roles and responsibilities, but even when a manager is having to delegate a task or a project, it's to ensure that that person has bought in to what that responsibility is and empowering them uh, so that they feel that they have some level of autonomy um, around how they do that. So that's number one, it's to have the manager recognize that the way to motivate their people is to first understand what's in it for that um, direct report um, or their people. The other thing is, or tool is um, what we call generous listening. When you get to have to manage other people, 
your communication skills become incredibly important. Um, we call it the sell and not the tell approach, meaning when you're looking to get people feeling empowered to carry out whatever their roles or tasks are, it's not telling them, but it's selling them on the idea. And the way to do that is to ask a lot of questions and just be a generous listener. Because what we believe with our clients is they have the answers. So our approach is to also do the inquiring questions, but also to train or teach our clients that the best way of uncovering where any of their direct reports may be is by asking open-ended questions and listening and having their people recognize um, that you don't have to tell them what the answer is, but if you ask enough inquiring questions, that person will be able to un uncover, well, I think our approach should be X as opposed to telling the person because when they come up with what the approach should be, they're more apt to feel confident and comfortable with it as opposed to a manager um, telling them this is what you should do. And there's no development in that tell approach. There's more development in that sell approach. Yeah, it makes them very, it makes them an individual being heard, which is huge. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's, well, that's just two examples of, you know, some of the, uh, the tools or the techniques um, that we apply to coaching. Yeah, that's really cool. Do you see people, um, I guess, like just happier at work then? Are they more engaged at work then just because of simply the, the sell versus tell? Yes, across the board. I mean, if we look at it within the context of when a company is progressive enough to even want to bring on coaches to support their people, that number one tells their employees, we're invested in your development. We care about you. And it's not just, you know, we, don't, we won't just reward you monetarily with your bonus or your meritorious increase, but we're also going to help you develop you know, um, in your career while, you, while you're with us. That's number one. And number two, with that level of investment, it is really intended to, it boosts a employee's um, uh, loyalty for the organization, right? Because when they feel that they're being invested in, it's like, okay, you know what? I am in the right place. And yes, it will bring about a bit of a shift in terms of their mindset um, and their motivation for coming to work every day. And it also results in um, just a feeling like they work in a culture where they're empowered to bring their brains to work every day, right? <laughs> um, you know, when too many managers who are so used to telling or uh, micromanaging, they don't re recognize that they're really repressing their talent. They're like perched on their shoulders and giving a little too much direction. But when, you know, they're properly coached and they recognize the power in developing and quote unquote coaching their people, there's an element of autonomy and empowerment that they're now gifting their employees so that their employees feel like, okay, I'm learning as I go. But at the same time, I can bring creative solutions and innovative ways of managing my people and bringing about the results that 
the organization expects of me given whatever my function might be. Yeah, that that's huge. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Do you have a, a unique story that um, kind of shows that, um, that almost independence or anything? Uh, well, you know, I'll go back to that one example that I just referenced and just expound mm-hmm. on it with that manager who initially you know, had a bit of trepidation and didn't quite see the, um, the value in, in being given a, a, a coach to support them. Um, what they were able to uncover was um, their blind spots. So, you know, and that's what we as coaches are looking to help an individual uncover is, you know, they know what they know, but oftentimes they don't know what they don't know. So they weren't recognizing the negative impact that their micromanaging had on their people. Um, And with helping, the coach was able to help this manager see that they were really lacking confidence uh, in their own ability to kind of sit back and perhaps know the best approach that one of their direct reports may take to managing a project or increasing sales volume, but they were able to recognize that by asking open-ended questions and giving their people um, more autonomy and, and a free reign to come up with a variety of solutions that was best for them, um, that they had a happier department um, and the results, you know, were not only met, but exceeded because uh, when there's an expression that says, when you give someone an inch, um, well, I can't remember the expression, I'm going to mess it up. Um, but the more latitude that you give people that work for you, um, the more uh, em- empowered and impassioned they are about getting the work done. So I, I hope that that sort of demonstrates a bit of the example that you were asking me to expound oh, on. Well, that's great. That's yeah. great. Yeah. I love that. I think that's so true. If you empower people, they will much more gladly be able to do their job and then go above and beyond to just really embrace their job and love exactly. their job versus exactly. go to job as a zombie almost and say, hey, I don't want to be here. Yeah, people are not usually, I mean, we've certainly found this, they're not inspired when they have to follow, when I say follow the leader, meaning just take instructions and do as I say do, Mm -hmm. uh, because that's just incredibly limiting. Uh, But it's about supporting the manager in this case with the confidence that their people could still demonstrate quality in the work, because sometimes a manager who may micromanage and be perched on you know, their people's shoulders is because they feel that somehow the quality of the work output is not gonna be the same as if they did it themselves. So they feel like, well, you know, all right, I've got these people reporting to me, I'm not gonna do their jobs, but let me tell them how to do their jobs. And that's because oftentimes they lack confidence and that's where the blind spot comes in. So again, in this particular instance, it was, we were able to help the manager see that their blind spot was just a lack of confidence that they that they could guide their people to make the right decisions and the right approaches um, to achieving you know the business objectives without having to prescribe to them um, what the path 
was that they needed to take. Yeah, they have a hard time letting go of exactly. the past. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. It's relinquishing the reins. That's really what an effective leader does. Yeah. They give their people the room. And even there's another um, thing that we've uncovered. It's to allow people to make mistakes, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that goes for anything. You know, you could be an incredibly effective leader, but sometimes just as people, we are fearful of mistakes. And what we as coaches look to share with our clients is, but that's how they learn. And when we think about inventors or scientists, you know, you have to make mistakes in order to recognize what needs to be improved. So if you put the fear in your people that mistakes will not be tolerated, you basically will have people become very stagnant um, because again, the fear of making a mistake, but when you, again, within a controlled situation, we don't want too many pervasive mistakes to be made to the point where the business objectives or the outcomes aren't achieved because too many mistakes kind of get in the way, but it's to say, no, if you can help them learn from their mistakes, that supports them and not being fearful, but yet, okay, this is a mistake. We're not going to um, uh, sort of chastise you or criticize you for those mistakes, but as a good manager, how can I help you extract what you might have learned to make sure that that same mistake is not repeated? Yeah, no, that's huge. I think people are oftentimes terrified to make a mistake at work. They might get reprimanded or who knows what could happen to them. Um, exactly. get fired, but mm-hmm. that's the only way that you can grow. So that's huge. Mm-hmm. Well, Michelle, how can people find you? Well, our website is www.intoactioncoaching.com. And there's a unique way that we spell into action, and that's I-N-T-U-A-C-T-I-O-N coaching.com. And the into with the U stands for our intuitive coaching ability combined with our client's bias for action. So that is how they can find us on the web. Cool. And then we can find you on LinkedIn. I will uh, put that in the show notes. Um, Anywhere else? Uh, Well, we have a number of uh, profiles on LinkedIn, all, you know, into action coaching, uh, LinkedIn, we, uh, uh, Instagram, uh, certainly uh, Facebook. Mm -hmm. And I do believe I have a Twitter account. Yeah, I think it's under the same name. Mm -hmm. So any of those four platforms. Perfect. Do you have anything else you'd like to share? No, it's just, you know, for all of your listeners out there, um, you know, coaching is a investment that you can make for yourself and that your organization is making in you, um, seeing you as a valued associate. And it's just an incredible reward and an honor uh, for a job well done. And, you know, it's just to be seen and embraced. Well, awesome. Well, thank you, Michelle. We're so glad that you came on Managing the Way podcast. Um, Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Kirsten. I really appreciated the opportunity. Great conversation and great questions. Yeah, of course. Thank you. This podcast is proudly produced by Waypoint. What is Waypoint? Well, if you want to coach your team and not manage them, then Waypoint is worth checking out. Head over to waypointhq.com to learn more or email me directly, mike at waypointhq.com, and I'll demo it for you myself. Thanks for listening.